Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Welcome to Mortification of Spin. I'm your host, Carl Truman, and I'm here with my uh, regular co-hosts, Todd Pruitt and Amy Bird. She's laughing in the background there. <laughs> Carl, Carl found a new toy, everybody. Yeah. Carl, found, just, yeah. Carl just learned fun. how to work something on his phone. I want to say I to know. anybody listening, these things are amazing. You need to get yourself you know, uh, buy a, a cell phone. You buy these Carl a jitterbug and now look what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to be with you all. Um, uh, and uh, what, are we talking about? what are we talking about today? Okay, so we're going back to answering listener questions because okay. we just have so That's many right. good ones. That's right. And um, this one might take a little bit of time, but we thought maybe we could have a... Not that kind of fun with it. <laughs> Do I need to collect everyone's phone? Please. <laughs> Sorry. Carry Terrible. on. Okay. So um, this question is, can you please exp- explain what the federal vision controversy is? I've seen a lot of debate and reform Twitter about it. But I'm still unsure what the debate actually is. Um, and then he says, I, I asked people, like, let me know if you don't want me to say your name. And he says, you can certainly try, but there's no chance you'll pronounce my last name correctly. So this is Patrick Fischel. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, I thought maybe we could have a little fun uh, with this question and just... Um, in uh, Jeff Foxworthy fashion, <laughs> I thought maybe we could do like a "You Might Be a Federal Visionist If" <laughs> yeah. series. Yeah. You might be a federal visionist if you deny that there's any such thing as federal vision. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> you that's might, so good. You might be a federal visionist if you dress like a Roman Catholic priest but claim to be a Presbyterian. Ooh, <laughs> you might be a federal visionist if. Whoever disagrees with you, you call them an antinomian. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, definitely, yes. definitely. Oh, yes. Um, you might be a federal visionist if, oh, man, I just went blank. I feel like a <laughs> failure now. Okay, you, you might. <laughs> you might be a federal visionist if you think uh, Norman Shepard was one of the most significant theologians mm. of the latter part of the 20th there century. There you go, there you go. You might be a federal visionist if you like to drop the phrase cooperating with grace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> my problem is I, I I didn't realize this was still going on. I thought that well, the PCA had kind of killed it off point. in two thousand seven. Goes back to Todd's first point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so just in in terms of a little bit of background, because some people are probably going to scratch their heads and say, "Now, what exactly is federal vision?" and 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 it it needs to be admitted that that it can be a little slippery in terms of trying to define it. I mean, there is a there is a bit of a spectrum in in terms of what federal vision theology is. You know, certainly uh, Peter Lightheart, who is who's written a lot of really helpful things on various topics, uh, and is is no longer a PCA pastor of a PCA church, but but certainly uh, uh, Peter Lightheart would be considered a pretty good example of federal vision theology. Um, among its features would be. What can really only be described as baptismal regeneration? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think Peter would say that he holds very similar view of baptism to Martin Luther, and yeah. you know, the, 
Yeah, baptismal regeneration is a, is a broad term. In, you know, so right. I, I'd hesitate yeah, I to know. speak for Peter on yeah, that. But yeah. I, I think I remember reading somewhere Peter said, you know, the view I hold of baptism is basically the view of Martin Luther, which right. would certainly be be a more highly sacramental view right. than would be typical of Presbyterians. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes also with federal vision, you'll have a, a removal of the distinction between the visible and the invisible church. Yeah. So if you're a part of the visible church, you are the yeah. invisible yeah. church. And a, and, a, and a strong emphasis on post-millennialism often as well. I mean, yes. federal vision really, this is probably simplistic a way to put it, but it's sort of theonomy yeah. that gets a doctrine of the church, if I, yeah. if I could put it that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Yesterday's theonomist, today's federal visionist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't know that I've ever dealt with a federal vision person who was not a theonomist. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and for of that matter, a, a post-millennialist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, theonomy and postmillennialism yeah, are they're the same thing. Yeah. Not every right. postmillennial person is a is theonomist, theonomist, but every theonomist, every theonomist is a postmillennialist, as far as I know. Yeah. 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 yeah, So they have a different view of the covenant. It's just like one covenant, right? Instead of the two covenants. They, so federal vision would yeah. tend, yes, yeah. monocovenantal one covenant of grace that there was not a um, covenant of works. A, a covenant of works with Adam. Right? Historically, they take you know Norman Shepherd, who's often looked at, and I don't know rightly or wrongly, I don't mm. know enough about Norman Shepherd to say, but Norman Shepherd, who taught at Westminster Theological Seminary in the seventies, and was well left the seminary. Mm-hmm. Was he was he pushed or did he? Jo- there are all kinds of debates mm-hmm. about exactly when, what went on there. Uh, Norman Shepherd is often seen as as a kind of fountainhead yeah. of federal vision theology, and he was a student of John Murray. And John Murray's view of the covenant of works. He didn't like the terminology of the covenant of works, I think, because he actually misunderstood what the terminology was trying to get at Mm. in the 17th century. But as is often the case, when a a teacher holds uh, a particular view that breaks with a dominant tradition, his own view can get rapidly destabilized and transformed in subsequent Mm. generations. All that is to say, I would hesitate to impute federal vision back to John Murray, right. mm-hmm. but he is in some senses the historical origin of the discussions that mm-hmm. occur at Westminster mm-hmm. Seminary. Yeah. Um, a. Donald MacLeod, the Canadian Presbyterian Church historian, wrote a biography of Stanford Reed, okay. the Presbyterian Church of Canada, uh, minister, theologian, who was also on the board at Westminster mm-hmm. in the 70s. There's a chapter in his biography of Stanford Reed that deals with the Norman Shepherd controversy that I think is the best historical account of what went on at Westminster relative to Norman Shepherd. And uh, if if people are interested, why you'd be interested in this obscure chapter in in Presbyterian history. There's a lot going on. If you're interested in this, then that's a book to get hold of. Mm -hmm. W. Stanford Reed by A. Donald MacLeod. The chapter Mm -hmm. on Westminster Seminary in that gives you an interesting account of the so-called Shepherd controversy of the late And And so then you fast forward to the 1990s and the PCA. Mm-hmm. where you have some prominent pastors who became prominent because they signed on to the joint uh, declaration for federal vision. Mm. Um, and you had a, 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 a conference down at a, a PCA church, Auburn Avenue Presbyterian Church. Yeah, an in, unfortunate in, in place to have a conference to yeah. revise Presbyterianism, yeah. it has to be said. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, um, uh, and, and then, you know, the involvement <laughs> of, of, of Douglas Wilson and the Moscovites – uh, and and the creation of the Creek C R E C, you know that denomination that was that was formed out of Moscow and 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 Doug Wilson, long-standing Doug, process against Peter Lightheart yep, in the in the, yep, in the like northwest in Presbytery. the Pacific Northwest yeah. uh, Presbytery. Uh, uh, there was uh, a church judicial process against a uh, uh, 
uh, a PCA pastor in in St. Louis in the Missouri Presbytery over his adherence to, that to federal theology. My- Who's that? Uh, Jeff Myers. Jeff mm-hmm. Myers, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, some of these men, you know, as, as signatories of uh, the, the, the Joint Declaration on, on Federal uh, Vision Theology. So uh, it, it was part of the concern uh, with Federal Vision Theology, and again, you know, you bring up Norman Shepard, and this is, you know, there's a nexus here. This concern that works play a part in our justification. I don't know of anybody who debates the fact that when we talk about salvation in the broad sense, justification, sanctification, glorification, that works are, quote, involved in terms of sanctification. We are growing in obedience to Christ. There needs to be evidence of genuine yeah. uh, 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 regeneration. You know, the, the, the question is, is justification helped in any way by uh, our, our our obedience or faithfulness mm-hmm. is justification mm-hmm. right. helped in any that's way by our faithfulness, yeah. and that's a, that that's a pretty serious doctrinal yeah. discussion, mm-hmm. and, and that's where it ties in with the work of N.T. Wright, of course. The yes, idea of covenantal faithfulness. Yes, uh, number I, I, you know N.T. Wright was not a federal visionist. He's an yeah. Anglican. The, right. the issues in in England are somewhat different to mm-hmm. what they are here. But you know, for example, again, Peter Lightart. I was like, you know, Peter's a friend. Mm-hmm. He and I yep. would disagree on on a number of very significant mm-hmm. issues, mm-hmm. but. I have no personal beef against no. Peter, and I'm pretty sure Peter would say that he's very much appreciated the work of N.T. Wright mm-hmm. over the years yep. uh, on justification as a kind of ecclesiological doctrine. Right. So yeah, there, are, there are a whole yeah. number of strands that come together in, in the federal vision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as is often the case, movements that one profoundly disagrees with in church history are often asking important questions. Yes. And the right. question of the role yeah. of works and salvation mm-hmm. is important. It is. The role of the visible church and salvation. Mm-hmm. These are important questions that, that sometimes are neglected by those yes. of us who hold to the more mainstream mm-hmm. confessional Presbyterian tradition. So a lot of the questions it, it raised certainly provoked important reflection. Mm-hmm. On the part of those of us who happen to disagree with with its conclusions, mm-hmm. and um, as as we moved into the '90s and the early 2000s, of course, uh, there was this great concern about the influence of federal vision within the PCA and uh, and other conservative Presbyterian Reformed denominations. And to my knowledge, I think every member denomination of NAPARC, which is the the fraternal, basically the association of of what would be considered you know, conservative Presbyterian denominations in the country. Uh, I think every NAPARC denomination has has written uh, a study, has a published study on the federal vision theology and, and have all concluded mm-hmm. that it's not compatible with Westminster yeah. doctrinal standards. Uh, yeah. The the, the, uh, the PCA's paper, and you can just do a Google search, uh, a PCA study paper on federal vision, and you'll get their study paper. It's a combined study paper of, on the federal vision and the new perspective on yeah. Paul because there is there are some crossovers yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's, it's very well done and I think demonstrates well why ultimately we can understand, as you said, Carl, the importance of some of the questions that are being asked, but where they arrive... Again, you've got the witness of, of all of the NAPARC denominations say they arrive at the wrong place. Yeah. And in the OPC, I think it was our report on justification is the one to which you're alluding, yeah. which you know, our friend John Fesco been on this mm-hmm. program mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. John Fesco was one of the guiding hands behind yeah. that. So, And John has written some really helpful stuff yeah. on yeah. 
on Federal Vision. And I think yeah. there's, there's some good books out there. There's one by Cornell Venema. Yes. In fact, there's a couple by Cornell Venema, one on justification and one on pedo-communion. Yes. Because pedo-communion became, uh, in some ways, that became the practical point of exactly. dispute. Mm-hmm. Uh, should children be allowed to, to sit at the table? Because they um, erase the distinction of the visible and invisible yeah. church. Yeah. Um, and also, I think Ligon Duncan and Bill Barclay uh, Bill's a pastor in Charlotte and uh, adjunct professor at RTS. Mm-hmm. I think Ligon and Bill co-authored uh, a little book on justification and the new perspective, okay. that kind of stuff. So yep. there's, there's good material out there. Yep. Bob Kara uh, from RTS recently completed a, a really helpful yeah, critique yeah. of federal vision uh, theology. I mean, we've, I, we were saying this during the break, Todd. One of the things that, that strikes me about the federal vision and it was, whereas theonomy was huge in the OPC in the 80s, federal vision was the big issue in the sort of the early 2000s right. for the PCA. One almost longs for those days now. Yeah. Substantive theological Federal vision theolo- was actually right. raising substantial theological questions. Right. So much of what's now going on, especially yes. in the PCA, is... Silliness. Ephemeral silliness yeah. that has come Revoice, to the center of discussion. Yep. Stuff which really, there should... It's amazing there's any discussion about it at all. Right. Uh, how can a denomination that 10 years ago was debating serious, mm-hmm. substantial theology like justification, children at the Lord's table, mm-hmm. now be bogged down in, in this missional rubbish? Right. Uh, you, you know, you've got, yeah. So, so the things we're, we're bugged about in, in the PCA now are, are things like this strange kind of retrograde patriarchy that comes out of places like Indiana and Idaho. And and revoice those kinds of yeah. just strange troublesome. I wonder though, goofiness. like maybe when the doctrinal debates were more serious, there was kind of an introspection to where there was missing out on some social compassion needs, mm-hmm. and they've kind of could be could be. I mean, it's, it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. They've um, kind of yeah. swung the pendulum. Right. Then yeah. yeah, that could be. To say yeah. that uh, we, we've been you know, too we've been concerned. neglected and thinking about yeah. this church has not been compassionate. Right. Good. Yes. Good for you for getting all this right. Yeah. But yeah. We've been too concerned with people. these, you know, kind of esoteric theological yeah. discussions. Yeah. Now yeah. we need to get missional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, when I think about federal vision again, my mind goes to Peter Leitart. Yeah. You know, Peter is a very substantial intellectual. Yes. Everything he writes has weight, even and when I very di- well even when I disagree with it. We sort of debated mm-hmm. at Biola a couple of years ago. Peter's a guy I would hesitate to go up against <laughs> yeah. because he knows so much and right. he's very good. Who's the Peter Lightheart of the, the missional right. revoice kind of stuff? Right. It's a kind of sentimental pulling on the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. It's not really a rigorous, historically yeah. grounded... Uh, argument that's going right. on today and and again you, you taking amy's point but i get kind of nostalgic for serious discussions <laughs> yeah. and debates indeed rather than emotive arguments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, i think we can't stop talking about federal vision and recommendations yeah. without mentioning probably their number one opponent who has a lot of blog articles mm. uh, that would be good resources, yeah, really. And yeah. that's Scott Clark. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's extremely thorough yeah. in, in his Very recording thorough. of it. So. And, and, and the, the, the Heidelberg. Heidelblog. Heidelblog. Heidelblog, yeah. And, and what's interesting is I that, was thinking of him as the Heidel bloke, which is, you know, using the well, English slang. And, and what's interesting is that um, those who believe now that uh, that federal vision is much ado about nothing it's just a big boogeyman and and was it ever really a thing really mm-hmm. they can't stand scott clark right yeah. That's uh, not, you can't not mention yeah he's really done a lot of and and, and what's interesting and i'm just going to throw this out here you know what, what what's interesting is that the guys that are bash and i don't know scott i've never met him but so, so i don't have a a, a personal you me and he 
share the same haircut. That's uncanny. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all, I think you and I try to look like yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, so I don't have a personal thing in this. I don't know Scott, but but the guys who who are constantly uh, criticizing him about his continued kind of calling attention to the problem of federal vision seem to all be really friendly with Doug Wilson. I'm just going to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, know, you might let, let, be a federal visionist if 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 Doug think, Wilson is on speed. If, if, if you think Doug, if you think Doug Wilson has something really important to contribute to the PCA, yeah. 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 Well, should yeah. we cover another question? Or? Um, uh, you know, sure. Let, let's let's oh. get another question. In All right, here. here's one. that's a little more um, lighthearted mm-hmm. by Emily the Fighter Schultz. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some church traditions besides Presbyterian that you all admire? We do talk, none. We do talk up the Presbyterian. <laughs> there are no church then. traditions besides. <laughs> there, there are some non-church traditions. Uh, <laughs> I um, you know, there are a lot of things I appreciate about um, our Lutheran brothers and sisters. Okay. Now. Now, I couldn't be Lutheran for some for some theological reasons. And when I say Lutheran, I mean actual Lutherans. I'm talking about Lutheran Missouri Synod, Synod yeah. not uh, not the uh, uh, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. Um, but I appreciate the confidence that um, our Lutheran brothers and sisters still have in the ordinary means of grace. Now, they would define doctrinally some aspects of the ordinary means of grace a little right. bit different, obviously, mm-hmm. than, than we do as Presbyterians. But I appreciate... The fact that when you talk to a, a thoughtful Lutheran, a, a good Lutheran minister, a good Lutheran the, theologian about the importance of the preached word and the sacraments, you're going to get real clear, substantive um, uh, confidence in the efficacy of the ordinary means of grace that that I think um, a lot of my brothers mm. in the PCA yeah. could could be challenged by. I also think with Lutheranism, you get a, a modesty as to what the church is about. Yes. You know, there are, I think, three million Missouri Synod Lutherans That's in the amazing. United States. Mm-hmm. That's 10 times the size of and the PCA and 100 times the size yeah. of the OPC. And they're and not you, all, you never hear about them. <laughs> they're not so all up in your grill. Yeah. They're not, <laughs> not transforming the culture. Yeah. Right. They're just being faithful Lutherans. Right. Yeah. Be- because they really believe that the church's work in the world is primarily defined you know amy you were talking about this in, in an earlier episode it's primarily defined in in terms of the ordinary means of grace the, the pronouncement of the gospel the the, the pronouncement of forgiveness mm-hmm. on on repentant sinners you know so i said you know they really have a high view mm-hmm. yeah i would also that. you know uh we were just talking about new perspective and stuff like mm-hmm. that but I really, and this is kind of associated, mm-hmm. but I really appreciate the Anglican mm-hmm. faith yep. and the ACNA here in America, yeah. Anglican Church in North mm-hmm. America. Um, I have been associated with the ACNA some. My, my brother-in-law is a priest in that church. Mm-hmm. And also, I was invited to speak non-related to a, a diocese retreat of priests and bishops. Mm-hmm. For four days I spent with the ACNA and very high appreciation mm-hmm. for them. And I just love... The fact that we can have conversations mm-hmm. here, they invite this Presbyterian woman to come yeah. speak on um, men and women in church life right. and humble group of people mm-hmm. take the liturgy very mm-hmm. seriously, mm-hmm. Uh, doing a lot of work in church planning. Yep. We have a thriving ACNA church in Grove City and good friends of the pastor, yeah. Ethan Magnus. And one of my colleagues, Don Shepson, is also a, a minister at the church. And we have a lot of students go there. Yeah. A lot of students to it's come to Grove from sort of Bible church backgrounds. Right. And one colleague described it to me as he said that the Grove students' classic rebellion is to go to the Anglican church. Right, right. <laughs> because they actually like a, the a more liturgy. highly liturgical yeah, they appreciate form the of liturgy. worship. And I do think that 
contemporary worship was the preoccupation of Their my parents. generation mm-hmm. yeah. in some ways. Mm-hmm. And contemporary doesn't mean contemporary anymore right. To, right. to these kids. They want something more, you know, it's a rootless age and they, they want, want something more rooted. historically yeah. grounded. Yep. Yep. And of course, and of course, the, the Eastern Orthodox would say, that's not history at all. Come over to our <laughs> yeah. side. We've got yeah. 2,000 years on yeah. you. You know, and obviously when you're talking about Anglicans, you know, you got to talk about the influence of men like J.I. Packer. Yeah. yeah. You know, and say, thank God. Mm-hmm. You know, so many good yep. Anglicans, yep. but you know we have differences with them as sure. well. I'm yep. not there's reasons the why I'm not an Anglican, but the Pado communion thing is right. kind of big mm-hmm. right yep. now for mm-hmm. them, and yeah, so there's some differences. But I very much appreciate and have learned a lot from and love being in conversation yeah. with Anglicans. Yep, ditto. <laughs> oh, sorry, Carl, my phone's put no, the no, no, phone no, no, no. down. <laughs> It's one of those pop-up ads. Carl, Carl, <laughs> Carl is still trying to find... Um, he, Carl, you would know, you like to share you, a denomination that you appreciate? Um, <laughs> Instead of playing with sounds on your phone. <laughs> Hello. Well, you kind of nailed the two big ones, the Anglicans yeah. and, the, and the Lutherans. Uh, and the Lutherans. Mm-hmm. I think going further afield, uh, you know, non-Presbyterian denominations, some things in the PCA appeal to me. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist that, sorry. We have a lot, have a lot of Baptist listeners. Yeah, I no, I, I would say from the Baptist from. perspective, what, what I appreciate about Baptist, well, what I appreciate about the Reformed Baptists mm-hmm is the tremendous stand that they have taken for orthodox theism yes. mm-hmm. in the last mm-hmm. 10 years. Yep. Much of the good Protestant work that's been done on the doctrine of God has mm-hmm. been done by Reformed Baptists. Yep. Yep. So full credit to those guys. Yep. And they've made that a mission. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's a self-conscious effort on their part. And I think what I appreciate about some aspect, I mean, Southern Baptists are such an amorphous Very. group. Mm-hmm. But you know, I would look at, say, at, uh, at Mark Dever. Mm-hmm. And say what I appreciate the Southern Baptist is the passion for preaching. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I'm not so. I have hesitations about their ecclesiology, not just yes. their lack of Presbyterianism, but right. sometimes it can tend to be heavy-handed, a little bit heavy-handed from my perspective. Mm-hmm. But I think the Southern Baptists have a strong tradition of of preaching. Yep. And one of the ironies to me of Presbyterianism is. We place a great emphasis on the ordinary means of grace, mm-hmm. but we're not actually that distinguished for our great preaching. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mm. odd that denominations that place so much stock in preaching have not yeah. Ooh, produced such signal preachers yeah. over well, over recent exactly. years. Exactly. And you know, you th- you think I mean, you know, every every good Presbyterian, one of our heroes is, you know, Charles Spurgeon, who was a Baptist. And for good reason, you know, because and it's because of, of, of the legacy of preaching left. I grew up Southern Baptist. I grew up hearing the gospel very clearly. Yeah, um, I don't have horror stories of legalism in my Southern Baptist upbringing. I, I know some do, but I don't. I heard the gospel preached really well growing let's up. Let's face it, their podcast recording skills are amazing. <laughs> yeah. They can drive in cars and drink coffee exactly. and podcast. I mean, exactly. Carl can't even work his phone while we're talking. <laughs> I'm trying to. Right. Carl, Carl can't think while talking. Yeah. It's very difficult, that balance for him. I find it him. difficult to see moving things and think at the same <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> well, listen, we're, uh, we're glad you joined us today. So grateful that we have such brilliant listeners. <laughs> Amy, will you be quiet, please? Oh, my gosh. Car- <laughs> Car- I-, I just want to se- send out an ap- I want to send out an apology on behalf of Amy and I for our friend Carl Truman. 
whose whose technical skills. It took him like ten minutes. Uh, hey, I got there just in the end. with just an accidental pop up in the end. Yeah, to do that. So apologies he to worked all hard for that. Yeah, so I'll I mean, just give it to him. Carl Truman's technical skills make me look like Bill Gates. I, I was trying to explain to the students how to up. I, I said uplift their essays to the program. It's, like, oh, it's, it's upload. Apparently. <laughs> I said okay, and they said, do we do we do we do we paste it in or do we do do we just upload the file? And my answer was. Yeah, that's a really good question. Next question, please. S M H. S M S M what? Shake my head. Shake, oh, shake my head. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. LOL. Well, listen, I'm in, man. Let me get back to the stuff. business at hand. Thank you for joining us today. On behalf of Amy Bird and Carl Truman, we're so grateful that you take time to uh, to listen to our musings. Uh, when you get a chance, run over to mortificationofspin.org. Uh, leave a review on how awesome we are. And if you get a chance, uh, consider making a donation to the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals so they can continue to provide this content. Until we meet again, look forward to talking to you on the next Mortification of Spin. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about the focus on the big personality is both more possible today because of the internet age. You're so, say, talking about the gospel, but actually you're really promoting yourself. It's very easy to do that in this technological age. That interview is next time. Join us then. What's the matter with you? I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. What would you do with a brain if you had one?